Welcome back to Generations. I am one of your co-hosts, Peter. And I am your other co-host, Aubrey. Aubrey, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, school's picking up. All my jobs are picking up. But um, it's good. It's busy. But it's good. <laughs> how good. are you? Good. I'm hanging in there. It's been an interesting few days. Gareth is over in Boise with your mom yes. at a swim meet, and it's just been quiet. It's been me chilling, which actually has been pretty good because as we were mentioning before we started recording, I think I got the flu this week. And so uh, it's been kind of nice the last few days just to hang out and rest a little bit and, and recover for the most part. So, Yeah, no, that's good. Very, I heard he was winning a lot of things or making it to the finals and a lot of things. So, <laughs> yeah, he was doing well. His, uh, his hundred was a hundred. I think his hundred free this morning was a little slow. Uh, apparently he ate too much breakfast. Beforehand. <laughs> um, and it's tough though. I mean, if you think about it, this is like his third day of swimming and Friday night, right? I think he did like, the 500 free, the 200 IM, and then another 200. So he'd swam mm -hmm. like 900 meters Friday night. Right. And then had four races, I think, Saturday morning, uh -huh. made it into finals for a couple of those Saturday night. And then again, mm -hmm. more races this morning. But he did qualify for finals in his, I think, 100 breast. And oh, nice. um, on their, I want to say it was the 400 medley. He had a hundred uh -huh. breast in there and they took first in their relay. Oh, nice. So cool. Yeah. He's a speedy little guy. He is. And, <laughs> and he's motivated, you know, just like you were with dance. He really wants to yeah. excel. He wants to do well with it and has a, a real passion for it. So it's yeah. fun to watch him working hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, we didn't have, you know, we thought we'd lighten it up a little bit this month. You know, last month it was a little bit more kind of in the weeds, resolutions versus themes, mm -hmm. goal setting, and a little more serious. This month we thought we'd kind of wrap it back around and again, just sort of talk about some things that we either have been enjoying recently or things that we have enjoyed in the past that kind of helped us get through tougher, more stressful times. So did you want to yeah. kick us off with something? Yeah. So I, I actually came up with this idea because I recently watched the Incredibles Classic <laughs> last movie. weekend. Yes. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, I was just thinking about um, what some of my favorite like comfort movies and shows and stuff were when I was younger. And even still today, like, those movies I still love to rewatch. Oh yeah. And a lot of them are a lot of them are just like really classic like Disney Pixar movies. For sure. Um and The Incredibles is definitely one of them. And I was watching it and I was like this is such a good movie. Like this was so I did not fully appreciate how great of a movie this was when I was younger. <laughs> no, there there is a reason why despite the um, the glut of good comic book slash superhero movies we have had in the last decade. Right. I would still go to the mat with anyone who wants to argue with me that in the Incredibles is not perhaps the best superhero movie that's ever been made. The Absolutely. only movie 
that I can think of off the top of my head that I think matches it is actually Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Because into the first Spider-Verse? one. Yes. Okay, cool. Like cool. That one was I think that's the first one, right? Across yeah, is the yeah, second. Yeah, the second one is across. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. No, that I mean both of those movies are incredible, but that first one Definitely. was just so good. something else. And yeah. and again, I mean, yeah, The Incredibles you watch it as a kid. It's fun. It's uh-huh. exciting. You watch it. Yeah, you got kids with powers. So you're like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> exactly. And then as an old man like me, you've got like the dad who's confronting <laughs> yeah, his yeah. midlife crisis and his mortality. <laughs> so it resonates on like every level. You have the mom exactly. dealing with, you know, mom guilt and like, uh-huh. and you know, w- dealing with a, a husband who's going through his midlife crisis uh-huh. and she's kind of going through her own but she isn't uh-huh. admitting it to herself. I mean, <laughs> it's just... There's so many layers to it. I love well, and it. that's what makes it such an incredible movie. Uh-huh. And I was just giggling at all, like, the silly, stupid jokes that I might have not caught from, like, the last time I watched it. And, like, I was I was thoroughly enjoying myself. I love that movie. It was so good. Yep. No, nope. <laughs> that, is, that is a classic. I would say yep. for me a movie that I would put in sort of the same echelon of that, uh, that I will admit the first time I watched it with one of my children, it was Jess. And uh, I don't know if they were old enough or I don't know. I just was so, it broke my heart because I didn't feel like at least at the time they appreciated this movie the way I wanted (laughs) someone to appreciate this movie. Uh Uh, But that movie is The Princess Bride. Oh, yes. That movie is timeless. I mean, it, yeah. it is It is so good. It is so classic. It is so quotable. And it just makes you feel good. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and the way it sort of is, you know, this meta movie where you've got the main story, but then you've got the other story where it's the grandpa reading to his son. And, uh-huh. you know, it gets, it starts to get stressful and, and, Good old Peter Falk, he's closing the book. He's like, oh, <laughs> I can tell you're getting stressed. You know, we, we can stop right here. And, and he's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. All the kid's like, I'll calm down. I'll calm down. <laughs> um, it's just, again, it just makes you feel good. You just watch it. Yep. You enjoy it's it. Feel good and movie. Uh, it, it just makes it, it just makes it easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. My another favorite that I like is Hercules. <laughs> the Disney Hercules. The Disney Hercules. Yes, just the cartoon classic. Yep. I find like Hades one of like the funniest cartoon villains. Oh, totally. He's just so he's just hilarious and yeah, that that one is just such a good one. And how all like the gods are just kind of like not that helpful (laughs) and the dad is just like zeus big biceps Uh big son my son he like doesn't he's like not that helpful so that hercules kind of has to figure out his own stuff and then he comes out on top and then yeah i i love that movie too (laughs) that was such a good one that is that is a classic um yeah you know, other, I don't rewatch a lot of movies, but, Mm -hmm. uh, there's another pair of movies that in particular during medical school, I found if I just wanted something on that was going to just, again, kind of entertain, but not force me to engage with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is 
The Mummy and The Mummy Returns with Brendan Fraser oh. and Rachel Weisz. I mean, those both of those movies. Now, we forget that there are any mummy, mummy movies or anything that really came after yeah, that. Yeah, I've never seen those. Oh my gosh, Aubrey, they're so good. <laughs> I mean... I've never even heard of those. Brendan Fraser... It was at the peak of his, I mean, this is like peak Brendan Fraser. This is after he's done like George of the Jungle, or maybe, I don't know. It was, anyway, at this point, Brendan Fraser had kind of become this combination of like, he, he had a little bit of the Harrison Ford swagger, but he also uh -huh. was kind of this like hunky dream. So he was just <laughs> like, look, the dude, especially back in these movies, super easy on the eyes. You'll like that part of <laughs> And then Rachel Weiss is just gorgeous. And the like chemistry between these, oh my gosh, you're just watching these movies and you're like, this is so hot. My eyes are going to explode you too. But it's like this, it's like this really cute, like innocent kind of sexual chemistry between Aww. the two of them. That is just, it is incredible to watch. You have to watch those movies. They're so yeah, where good. Can you, where can you watch them? Oh gosh, I'm sure you can stream them somewhere. Let me see. I'm going to do a little just in case anybody wants to know if you're not familiar <laughs> uh, with the website justwatch.com. Uh, oh. It's a great website where you go and throw things in and you can see uh, where you can stream it. And it really doesn't look like it's on any streaming services for free. You'd have to rent it. Mm. Um, so... But you know what I do have one of these days, you guys need to, you need to get on your father's Plex server and access that. I am on it. I am on it. Oh, I watched friends on the, it. The mummy's in there. In high school. Oh, That's nice. right. Yeah. The mummy and the mummy yeah. returns. I think the third one might actually be in there just because the completionist part of me, but don't watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Any other movies that you just kind of feel like you can go back to? Yeah, this one, I, I, you might just disagree with me f for, for a part of it, okay. but just bear with me. Um, is Beauty and the Beast the live action mm -hmm. version? Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I know you absolutely despise the live no, no, action no, Disney's. No. I, I want to make this clear. Okay, okay. I despise the idea idea of the live action Disney's okay, to the point that I've never watched them. Fair enough. That's fair. I have, that's like the only one I really have watched. I haven't watched, I haven't even watched little mermaid, which I think I would enjoy, but I haven't watched that one. I haven't watched Mulan. I haven't watched, I don't know any of the other live action. I haven't watched the lion King. Like I haven't watched any of them. Sure. Um, but beauty and the beast, like when it, it first came out, I think in 2017, um, and I just loved it because I love Emma Stone, the Harry Potter nerd in me Emma also Watson? loves her. Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Maybe we should cut that out. Oh no, Emma Watson. I'm leaving. It. It's in. No, it no, in. no, 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 no. I edit this. It Emma. is staying in. Your father corrected you uh, on who it was. Okay. <laughs> well, Emma Stone is also great. Emma Watson, whatever. All the Emmas. Emma Watson. <laughs> she. I, she, she's just so cute and so good in that movie and it's kind of it's not like a super like funny one it's not like a giggle the whole time one but I think it's super pretty to watch sure. like I think it's just it's just very gorgeous um 
And it's just very nostalgic for me because I do love the story of Beauty and the Beast of when I was younger. Um, But I didn't always love the cartoon that much. I don't know. I thought the Beast kind of looked funky and I don't know. See, the main problem is that the prince looks funky. The Beast looks fine. But then he turns into the prince in the animated and you're like, oh, girl, you just traded down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it that part's a little funky, and I think the way that they turned it from cartoon to live action with like the "Be Our Guest" like song with you know the dishes or making sure. a whole th- banquet for her and dancing and singing or whatever. I think that they have they did all of that just make it make it just look really cool, um, and all like the iconic scenes where. You know, she has her big yellow dress and everything. It's just super, and like the dance scene. And I don't know. That one is just like, I will continually watch that one. And Evermore, the song that the Beast sings when she's like running away to save her father or whatever, just like makes me cry every <laughs> time. <laughs> just like this Beast standing up in the towers singing. It just makes me cry every time. But So that one's a good one. I really like that one. Yeah. I, I think the thing about the the live action ones is, you know, obviously they've chosen some of their bigger uh, animated movies. And mm-hmm. I was kind of at that impressionable, like preteen to teen years when a lot of these movies were hitting and, and really were kind of the renaissance for, um, uh, Disney animation because they'd, I mean, they were still making movies, but they'd kind of lost popularity. And it really was, I think with the little mermaid where all of a sudden they became big deal again. And and so for me, it just, the live action adaptations feel unnecessary. And I think that's why I'm just like not interested. So I don't actually hate them. They just feel unnecessary because for me, the originals just have such a, a classic kind of appeal Mm -hmm. um that that i just am like eh, you know why why would i want that but yeah that's fair but and then another one that speaking of uh, not the live action version but just the cartoon mulan um so good yeah so good the music in that one so (laughs) and mushu and just yeah that one is also i yeah that one is very close to my heart. Yeah. But another one I was going to say is Tangled. Oh, That's yeah. one of like the, you know, the newer, what is the animation style where they're not like 2D? But well, like it's, it's like again, frozen. it's Tangled is one of, so you had Disney that was doing the classic sort of hand-drawn 2D yes. animation. And then yeah. you had Pixar over on the side, which then got bought by Disney that was doing the 3D yeah. animation. Yes. Okay. And yeah. then basically so, yeah. Disney within itself created its own Disney digital animation studios yes. and Tangled was, was one of the earlier, I think movies that kind of came out of that newer yeah. division. Yeah. And that one also is like probably my favorite of the Disney animated that came out. So, I mean, when did Tangled come out? Oh gosh, it's been a while. 2010. 2010 yep 2010 2010 and i think frozen came out in like 2013 2012 uh, 2013 i think you it are was correct. like Look yeah i think well i've seen 
I in my time working at a children's hospital, I've seen <laughs> the amount of times I've just seen just by me being in the patients' rooms. The amount of times I've seen Tangled, Frozen, Moana, Encanto, all of like those, and then like Coco Melon, Bluey, oh, like yeah. all of those, I have seen. Like, without even sitting down to watch them myself, I've never sat down and watched Encanto by myself, but I have seen it consecutively probably, like, 17 times just from working at the children's hospital. (laughs) Just because they have an Xbox in there, and they, you know, anyway. But Tangled was so good. That one is probably one of my just top. It's just such a classic. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it is. It's excellent. everything about it is just... Everything about it is incredible. That one is one I will willingly watch on repeat, even though I've seen it a million times at primaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tangled is good. Um, yeah. You know, for me, two of the classic things that I watched over and over again when I was a kid was the original Star Wars trilogy. And then, and it hurts me a little bit to say this, but Superman 1, 2, and 3. Yes, I did Ah. watch 3. I watched Superman 3 far more times than it ever deserved to be watched because that movie is horrible. (laughs) It is is so bad. It is so bad. Uh, But I was obsessed with Superman as a kid. Um, And so I watched Superman 1, Superman 2, and again, like I say, Superman 3. Uh, all of all the time and then star wars star wars is just classic i mean it's just a classic um, there's you don't even need to explain that one <laughs> no i mean there's a whole generation of people well there's now actually i think kind of multiple generations of people for whom significant yeah. portions of their identity can totally. be de- can be sort of defined by their relationship to star wars <laughs> star wars you know, yeah the number of Absolutely. intense conversations that i and your younger uh, the older of your two younger brothers have had about Star Wars and how wrong Definitely. his opinions are about which ones are the best ones. How wrong his opinions are. What are his opinions? His opinion is that Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie ever. Oh, he does. Th- yeah, he does like that one. He does. I don't. I I like that mm. one. I yeah, I like that oh, one. Oh, it just makes me I angry. Think it's good. The original. Why does it make you? Oh, angry? the prequels just. Die. Mm. I know the prequels mm. just anger you, they but do. I. Don't remember why. They're bad. <laughs> it's like George Lucas pulled his shorts down and just pooped all over my memory of Star Wars. And then he did that with the first one. And then for the next two prequels, he just kept like smashing it in my face over and over again. <laughs> I mean, I haven't like watched them enough times to have an intense opinion, but I, I enjoy them. I don't know. It's fine. Again. I have realized, and and this is maybe a, a false dichotomy that I've created in my mind, but in my mind, I think the difference really is if it, it's your, your, how you feel about the prequels is very much determined by when you experienced Star Wars. Mm. So I think for like my generation, Gen X, and maybe really, really early millennials, for whom Star Wars was that original trilogy and then the prequels came. Most of the, I think the majority of people would say we really don't like those prequels. But I think for people um, for whom Star Wars was those six movies. Yes. They are a lot less, they feel a lot less strongly about the prequels and, and I think like them a lot more. Um, you know, for somebody like me, it was what 
16 years. I want to say 83 was, I think return of the Jedi. So it's like 83 to 99 when episode one came out, it was 16 years of there being rumors of new star Wars and hoping for it and hints mm-hmm. and this, that, the other. And then like the, the teaser trailer for episode one hit and it was like, Oh my gosh, such a good trailer. Like it was masterfully yeah. done. And so the hype going in, it's like, Oh my gosh, 16 years, new star Wars finally here. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I saw it and I left the theater and I was like, oh, wow, I better go see it again. Then I went and saw it in the theater again. And I was like, oh, I better go see it again to really convince myself that this movie doesn't suck. And then I went and saw it a third time <laughs> and I came out and I'm like, oh, I think that movie might suck. No, so sad. <laughs> so, you know. Again, strong feelings here because I have such an affinity for that original trilogy. That's fair. That's very fair. But my, I know you're going to agree with me on this one, but probably my favorite movie of all time, like actually of all time, that has been my favorite probably since it came out is Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) (laughs) That is. It is so good. It really is. It really is. So good. And just like. Yes, it's still like action packed and there's serious things happening, but it's such a feel good movie that like you still have, you know, the plot and things to look forward to, but it doesn't like insanely stress me out to watch it, which is what I look for in a comfort movie. And yeah, it is just so I just don't even think anything will ever top it. And I love I like I know we've talked about this a million times, but I love that they turned Thor from being all like stoic and mysterious and brooding to like just a goofy guy. Yeah. No, they they humanized him really to a right. point that you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, just like this clumsy little, not little, clumsy large dude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Which I just I just enjoy a lot. Yeah, no, that is that, that is a classic. Uh, a while back, Eden and I did you know our our bracket um, pitting the MCU movies and a little bit to our surprise. But then when we were done, we were like, not at all to our surprise. Thor Ragnarok Uh came out as the, as the champion of the MCU bracket. Wasn't it, it was against that and winter soldier. At some point, I think those two did go head to head. And what was the last two? Oh gosh. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I think what I would definitely again say I think between Winter Soldier and Ragnarok, I think Winter Soldier is the better movie. But absolutely, if I'm going to enjoy a movie, I don't think there is a single (laughs) MCU movie that I'm going to enjoy more than Ragnarok. Yeah. Another movie, kind of not same caliber, but I was surprised to say it's probably also in like my top five favorite movies is Mission Impossible Fallout. The it, that's the sixth one, right? It, either way, it's the sixth one. Yes. That's my favorite. Yes, the one with the plutonium and the yeah, the plutonium with the helicopter scene at the end. Yes, the helicopter. Yes, yes, the helicopter. Oh, that movie stresses yes. me out so much. It's so stressful, but of course, after seeing it the first time, then afterwards, I'm like, right. oh, I know what happened. So I'm I'm a little, I'm less stressed. But I love I love the secret agent. I don't know, st- sort of stuff. I love it. Yeah. When I was younger, I was like, I wanted to be a spy when I grew up, 
fun fact. Totally. So I loved those movies. <laughs> no, those are those are excellent. I, I think that it, those are ones that if I want to just be entertained by a Mission Impossible movie, I think four mm-hmm. is the one I'm going to go to. Fair. Um, because it's just a little more lighthearted. It was actually directed by Brad Bird. Do you know who else Mm. direct, what other movie we've talked about today? Brad Bird directed Sure. the Incredibles. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, nice. So, you know, that's why the first, I think it's the first four mission impossibles were all directed by different Mm. people. So you've got Brian De Palma on the first one. So it's kind of this darker, slightly sleazy kind of spy mystery thing. And then you've got Mm -hmm. John Woo. So it's the Hong Kong action flick. And then you've got JJ Abrams. So it's like the tense spy. And then you've got Brad Bird. So again, four was a lot more fun. And then I think it's been Christopher McQuarrie for five, six, seven, and then eight, which is going to come out. Hopefully, I didn't even know there was, I haven't even, I haven't seen seven. Oh, you haven't seen seven. No, I didn't even know it came out. You gotta watch seven. It's good. It's long. Where can I see? Where can I watch it? On my it? Plex server. It is on Plex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, cool. it's long. I remember that Gareth and I, of course, went to go see it in the movie theater and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I need a, I want to stand up, but this movie's still going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good. Wiggle your legs it's, for a second. it's the first of a two parter. So just be oh. prepared that it sort okay. of ends, but it doesn't like, it doesn't wrap really. up. So, but fair. no, it's That's good. Fair. It's good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies that uh, that really just I go back to, and there's probably not a lot, but I think there's a few kind of TV things that I, I yeah. kind of come back to. And you've actually briefly in passing, I already mentioned one of them, and that is Friends. Friends, uh, look so good. I, you know, I don't care what people say. People who like to talk about how Friends isn't funny and blah blah blah, you're you're wrong. You're lying. I think. I mean, Friends is funny. It's a, it's a little problematic in some ways. No, I was just about to say, sometimes I'll watch it and I'm like, oh, you would not get away with that joke nowadays. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, this has aged I'm like, like that was milk. a poor choice. Yeah, this is a poor choice joke right now. But, <laughs> you know. but then you just skim over it and you're like, whatever. It's, I mean, the rest of it's fine. Look, the fact that your 14-year-old brother like started watching it when your mom was home and was like, yeah. like again, it... Friends is a classic. And again, because it's for the most part, low stakes. And especially once you've seen it totally. again, it's just easy to like turn on and just let it play. Um, yeah. Just like a re- and the episodes are pretty good to just watch standalone. Like you don't really have to know the entire backstory of everything right. to enjoy an episode, which I enjoy a lot. Um, you could probably, you could figure out what's going on pretty quick. I mean, it's <laughs> not like episode. the stories were ever that deep. So Right. It's like, oh, so Ross cheated on Rachel. Again. Cool. Everyone's still mad about uh-huh. it. Oh, again. Oh, they broke up again. Cool. We're, we're moving on. I mean, and they even make their own little jokes, you know, about how many times Ross <laughs> right. has been married and stuff like that. So Right, exactly. So you can you can get get acclimated to the their backstories pretty quick, which is it's a it's a very good feel good show. Yeah. And they're short episodes, which is also good. <laughs> Another one that really clicks for me is uh, the first season of Ted Lasso. Um, Mm. Seasons two and three got more serious. The stories got more involved and I still really like them. And I disagree with, I think a a fair number of people who thought that they, it was not nearly as good. Mm -hmm. However, um, 
the first season in particular is just so much more of a kind of light, feel good, easy to watch, mm -hmm. enjoyable thing that yeah. I think that it makes it, um, it just makes it such an, like you said, comfort. It's just easy to watch. It's mm -hmm. fun. It's comfortable. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's another classic one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, in term, I usually go for movies rather than TV shows. Um, I don't know why. So I don't have a ton of TV shows that I would. Well, I mean, I we've exhausted to, my two. So. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of books, there's a couple books that I would reread over and over and over again when I was like like 12 and 13 that even now I'm like, oh, I wish I like had it so I could just reread it because it's so good. Um, and one of those is Goose Girl. I remember I don't that. Think you, I never read yes. it, but I remember it. Yeah, but mom loved it. I loved it. And it's just such like a... All the books that I really loved that were kind of in that same caliber caliber were just sort of like like medieval sort of times. It's always a, like a princess is the main character, but something is happening where she can't be the princess or something. She's getting her like... She, her life is being toppled for some sure. reason, and then she goes and saves the day. <laughs> and it, that one is just really, really good because there's like the main character has all these different powers. She's kind of, um, not really power. She has like the ability to like speak to swans at the, and then she like knows that, but then she learns like the wind speaks to her later in life. And then she uses that to then like kill the bad guy basically, okay. <laughs> which is cool. And it's just a very, very just feel good. And then at the end, she, the prince, she was gonna, she was in love with, but the prince couldn't marry her. Now they can get married and happily ever after and everything's fine. There you go. <laughs> so that one. And then another one that's in a very similar caliber is the ordinary princess, which is, she's like a princess, but she's not extremely gorgeous. And so she's not allowed to be a princess because she's like ordinary looking. Gotcha. She's like not exceptionally gorgeous, but then she like, sneaks into this castle to like pretend to be a servant for some reason i can't remember why um she sneaks into the castle where she's supposed to be the princess of but like no one knows her because she got kicked out when she was younger because she like wasn't cute or something uh -huh. and then like the the like this other prince that's like there to visit or whatever like falls in love with her and she's like what I thought I was ugly. And then they like, <laughs> she's like saves the day or basically it's like happily ever after. It's like, I don't know. It was very, also a very short feel good one sure. that I always loved those, those types of books when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm going to, um, mention in passing by not mentioning the Lord of the Rings. Cause yes, mm -hmm. especially for people in kind of my age group, we read that many times, but, um, there's actually two other series that I want to mention that are kind of comfort slash feel good series that I've gone back to multiple times. Uh, one of these is the trilogy, uh, memory, sorrow, and thorn by Tad Williams. Um, the dragon bone chair is the first book, the stone of farewell, and then two green angel tower, is book three or books three and four. If you happen to have the paperback, because 
it was too big in paperback to oh, no. <laughs> put in one volume, it would break the binding. So they split it into <laughs> two. Um, I, the, they are rather Tolkien-esque in the uh-huh. sense that um, they're often a little bit more methodically placed, paced, a little more mm-hmm. thoughtfully paced. Uh, you gotta, you, you have to go into this expecting to a journey. It's not going to be a real boom, 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 boom. Uh, they're kind of slower, but the main character is great and his growth is inspiring and, and feels fairly, excuse me, um, feels fairly realistic, Mm -hmm. um, for as much as a high fantasy series can feel. Right. Um, and I really, really enjoy those and will honestly, perhaps inappropriately, but it's fun to do. We'll actually credit that series of books for me getting accepted to medical school at Duke University. Oh, I remember this story. (laughs) So in one of my two interviews, you know, look, people who are interviewing at a place like Duke, um, I was incredibly fortunate to be included in that group. These are the highest performing, honestly, like these are the highest performing people, prospective medical students across the country are interviewing at places like Duke. And, and so you have this incredibly high performing group of students who are all doing all the things they're volunteering Mm -hmm. and they're doing research and they have the highest grades and they have the highest (laughs) and they have all these things. And so, you know, they're looking for things to try and, and make you stand out. And so it was totally. kind of one of the gotcha questions that I got in one of my interviews is we were mostly done. And all of a sudden the interviewer turns to me and she goes, so what was the last book you read for fun? And it was interesting because ah. I could tell that this was like, a now I've got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had my bag with me and I reached down and I pulled out this library's copy, well-worn, kind of ratty. And it was book uh-huh. one of Two Green Angel Tower. And it's like a thousand pages long. I pulled it out of my backpack and I set it on her desk. And I said, that's the book that I was reading while I was waiting for you to come and call me back. And she reaches uh-huh. over and she picks it up and she looks at it. And on the front, it has two humans, a a male and a female human warrior, like standing, looking out over this Vista. Uh And on the back, it has like their Sithi, which is in this world, kind of the elfin thing. It has like the Sithi version, you know, their counterparts Uh doing the same thing. And she kind of looks at it and she sets it down. And then she's like, tell me about it. So I started telling her about this trilogy that Say I was less. reading. And, <laughs> and again, I, I know that that wasn't the only thing, but I think honestly, that was one of these things. I think it helped. For sure. That made this person interviewing interviewing me go, okay, he's a person too. You know? Right. He, he has interests. Correct. He has He has things he does outside of trying to get into medical school. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that was again, oh, that would have been... Winter, it was December of 20 of 2001 when that went wow. down. And so I've gone yeah. back multiple times and I've reread that series. Um, really love it. And I think more people should experience it. Yeah. The other one totally. I'm going to mention is one that I have mentioned before on, I think this podcast, I know I have for sure on uh, the middle of culture, uh, but that is the Chronicles of Perdain by Lloyd Alexander. Yes. Um, those books are true classics. 
Um, there is a reason that the High King won the Newberry Award. There is a reason mm -hmm. that I think the Black Cauldron was nominated at least. Mm -hmm. They are classic, classic stories, loosely based on Welsh uh, legend, but tell just the most endearing, heartwarming story about Taran, uh, the main character, but also equally as important, really. And one of the things, especially for the time that these were being written back in the 70s, I think sets them apart from a lot of their contemporaries is that the princess Elenwi is never the damsel in distress. Does princess yes. Elenwi get in distress? Yes. Does princess Elenwi get herself out of distress? Hell yes. Absolutely. You know, it's like every step of the <laughs> she way. She handles herself. <laughs> she totally handles herself and she makes yes. her own decisions and, um, you know, so the fact that Taryn is like the main character, I think makes people think that these are books for boys. Uh, mm -hmm. But really, I mean, the princess is so in integral to these and has such, yeah. while doesn't get as much page, she is so important to the story. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're some of the best books, I think, the fantasy books that have ever been written. And I yeah. I read them to you guys, and I've read them again yeah, myself. I've, read them. Uh, I've yeah. probably read all five books at least a dozen times, and I love them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, they're very, very good. My last thing that I will say is I've literally said it a thousand times, but my top three <laughs> favorite series I will always repeat and always say that I love them to death is Throne of Glass, Court of Thorns and Roses, and Crescent City. But the third book of Crescent City just came out Ooh. like two weeks ago, okay. and I had it pre-ordered to my house on the day it came out. And I literally read it was like 800 pages-ish. I read to page like 600 within 36 hours. Uh -huh. And it was less than... It, it would have been less, but I had homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I was like, my life's going on hold and I'm going to finish this book. There you go. <laughs> and I just sat and read it and it was so good. I will say, no matter what though, Throne of Glass is always... Nothing will ever top it. I think the characters are better than both of the other two uh -huh. people will fight me on that but i don't care i'm right um <laughs> the main character in throne of glass um is the best main character that i've ever read about in my entire life and is very complex it's not just like yes go queen kill the bad guy yeah you know that sometimes it feels like it gets to be but she is very complex and she is not a good person at the beginning of the series. She is a horrible person, but the character development is fantastic. And there's so many other of the characters that get a lot of character development. So you get to dive into everyone's lives and it's a longer series, which I like because there's just more story to read sure. and more things that go into it. And it was so well thought out and everything Every detail matters. If you read something that's like the character, like one sentence that's like the character from the character perspective, that's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it'll come back next. Probably maybe not for two books, but it will come back. <laughs> like everything comes around. It is just, oh, just so good. <laughs> just so good. Well, the final so book good. stuff I want to mention is uh, I finally finished The Wheel of Time. So. 4.4 4 million <laughs> words later, <laughs> I finally finished The Wheel of Time. 
I will say it's a real slog books, nine, 10, and into 11. Uh, and then 12, 13, and 14 really pick up and, mm -hmm. and are good enough that it starts to erase some of the bad taste of books, nine, 10, and 11. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it felt like such a weight off my shoulders a week uh -huh. ago. Yes. Last uh, yeah, it was a week ago yesterday when yeah. I, I had like 200 pages to go. And I said to your mom, I was like that I'm not coming to bed until I finish it. Gotta finish this yeah. now. <laughs> uh, and it's good. And then I started this morning, I started on Tress of the Emerald Sea. Uh -huh. uh, I think I am like 140 pages in already. Uh, have you nice. read Tress yet? Look, nope. I will tell you, I'm not even a third. Tress is absolutely delightful. Tress is, I mean, you know, I know Brandon Sanderson is an interesting author in that mm -hmm. I think his popularity has made him a little polarizing. There are a lot of people who want to have hot takes and like to bash mm -hmm. on him and say he's not that good of a writer. I, I just right. disagree. I'm not yeah, saying there aren't wrong. people who are better at prose than he is, mm -hmm. but having read so right. much of his books and going like the way Tress is written is completely different than any Sanderson book I've ever read. Oh, wow. So it doesn't feel like it's just aping his same thing, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it still feels kind of like Sanderson. Yeah. The last three books of the wheel of time still felt very Jordan esque. There were elements uh -huh. where I'm like, okay, this is more of Sanderson's influence, but he did a right. good job of making it still feel totally consistent. Right. The Mistborn books have a different feel Incredible. than the Stormlight books, have a different right. feel than the Reckoners series, have a different feel yeah. than, you know, so his ability to, to really do that again, I, I just think he's solid. I think he's solid. He, totally. he's very yeah. good and I am thoroughly enjoying Tress and Tress is one of these books where honestly I can see already like this could very easily be a comfort book. Like it just feels yeah. comfortable right now. So yeah, no, that's fire. Yep. Well, anything else yeah, you want to mention? That was it. That was basically everything. I love talking about my comfort, comfort media. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one outlier here. I'm going to tack on, on the end and that is the comfort uh -huh. video game. And ah, that is oh, mine's Minecraft. the Mass Effect trilogy. There I have go. played the entire Mass Effect trilogy at least five times through. I don't play <laughs> any games more than once. And I've played all of Mass Effect five times through. And every time wow. I am playing a space-based video game, like I was recently playing uh -huh. Starfield, and every time I would start up Starfield and I would see space and I would just go, maybe I should just play Mass Effect again. <laughs> and I have not Fair succumbed, enough. but so Mass Effect is like anytime I'm like, I don't know, I just go back and play Mass Effect and I will in yeah. thoroughly enjoy the ride. The characters are so good. The relationships you build with them are so important and meaningful. And it's one of those games where you know, there are some games I play where it's like, click, 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 get through the dialogue as fast as I can just right. to get back out to the game. Uh, Mass right. Effect, I, yeah, I like the game, but it's like, it's those conversations with characters. It's, 
you're in talking to Morden Solis, this Solarian engineer slash scientist, and he starts uh-huh. singing to you his version of a modern major general from you know, the Pirates <laughs> of Penzance, but the lyrics are all adapted to the futuristic alien race and just stuff like that. It's oh, so good. So anyway. So good. I love it. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up now. And I think if anything, this is a good reminder to anybody listening that it's important to set goals. It's important to have structure and planning and, you know, to, to, to improve yourself. And part of improving yourself is making sure you have time to do things that, that just comfort you, that make you feel good. Yeah. So fill your, fill your emotional cup. That's exactly right. So until next time, it's been good chatting with you, Aubrey, and we appreciate yeah. everybody who's, uh, listening please if you haven't subscribed subscribe if you haven't left a review leave one if you haven't left a rating we'll take that too and until next time see ya